Welcome to the latest episode in Littler's podcast series, Conversations with Women, Littler's Traditional Labor Practice. I am Margaret Parnell Hogan, a shareholder in Littler's Denver, Colorado office and co-chair of Littler's Women's Leadership Initiative. Thank you for joining us as we celebrate Women's History Month. At Littler, all we do is labor and employment law, but there are so many specialties within that practice. And the common thread to my guests today is that they are all traditional labor lawyers. Many years ago, as a law student, I volunteered at a large traditional labor law conference in Chicago, and I can still recall that the attendees, both union and management side, were overwhelmingly male, which was a direct reflection of that specialty's demographics. Over 25 years later, traditional labor law is still a male-dominated specialty, but not at Littler. Here at Littler, to paraphrase my colleague Devjani Mishra, a woman's place is whatever she wants it to be. So it is no surprise that two of the three co-chairs of our traditional labor law practice group are women. And I am excited to introduce you today to three shining stars of Littler's traditional labor law practice. Joining me are Cameron Miller, of counsel in our Charleston, West Virginia office, Ashton Hupman, associate in our Washington, D.C. office, and Brittany Stepp, an associate in our Philadelphia, Pennsylvania office. Welcome, and let's jump right into your traditional labor law stories. Cameron, let's start with you. How did you get started in labor law, and what went into your decision to become a labor attorney? Well, Margaret, my road to labor law was a bit different. I've been practicing for a number of years, and I really wanted to challenge myself to become a subject matter expert in a new area of law. I find the area of labor really intellectually stimulating, and I just really enjoy the rapid pace of the practice. This area of law is constantly evolving, and no two days are ever the same. And I just really look forward to diving into novel and complex legal issues each day. Thanks, Cameron. Ashton, we would love to hear why you chose labor law. Hi, Margaret. It's great to be included in today's discussion. For me, in law school, I had two labor law professors, Professor John Higgins and Roger Hartley, both of whom really pushed me to explore the field of traditional labor law. I was also encouraged by the fact that I have found and still generally find that those who practice labor law have a real passion for their work. And that was and continues to be something that's very appealing to me. Out of law school, I got my start in the government as a field attorney with the Federal Labor Relations Authority. And there I had the fortune of learning the ropes in a really supportive environment where, similar to Littler, women in labor law and also in leadership roles was very much the norm. We had a female chairman, a female general counsel, a female regional director, and numerous female senior attorneys and colleagues that I was able to look up to, work with, and learn from. And from there, I eventually found my way here to Littler. That's great. Thanks, Ashton. And Brittany, walk us through why you chose labor law. Thanks so much, Margaret. And it's been great to hear about Ashton and Cameron's experiences, too. Like Ashton, I got my fascination with labor and employment law in law school, but differently from Ashton, labor law chose me. By my second year of law school, I knew that I wanted to practice labor and employment law, but by that, I meant employment law. I took employment discrimination 
and my fascination with how employers play the lead role in preventing workplace harassment and knowing that those folks in HR for any given employer needed advice on how to accomplish that was something I really saw myself being a part of. I was dead set on practicing in this area of the law. I started networking a lot to make that happen. So when I got to my first firm, which was also labor and employment law, I didn't know what it meant. And I only remember thinking to myself when folks were mentioning sections 1, 8A, 1, 3, and 5 of the Act, why can't these labor law folks just cite the codified statute like everyone else? As it turns out, that is the tip of the iceberg for quirky labor lawyers. But I chose to focus on this area of the law because I love the challenge of helping clients navigate these really difficult scenarios and come to a resolution with unions and groups of employees. And working with unions allows me to have more of a relationship-based practice than I had in any of the single plaintiff cases I've previously worked on. In fact, one of my close friends is a union-side labor lawyer. I value those relationships so much, and maintaining them brings a great benefit to our clients as well. That's great. Thanks for sharing that, Brittany. Two of our Lit- of Littler's biggest strengths are its robust training of its attorneys and its innovation. And the training of our traditional labor lawyers is a great example of both of those strengths. Ashton, can you tell our listeners about Littler's traditional labor law apprenticeship program? Of course. Well, I will say, you know, to start out that the firm has really seen an increased demand for experienced labor lawyers to assist our clients with navigating this ever-changing and rapidly expanding world of organized labor. And because of this, the traditional labor law practice group recognized a need and a desire to further develop its pool of talent in that area, which led to the creation of the traditional labor law practice group apprentice program. The apprentice program gives associates and of counsel like Cameron and Brittany and myself, those who desire to become subject matter experts, SMEs in the traditional labor space, a tangible way to really focus on those efforts and to develop those SME skill sets. The program has two primary components, the first being mentorship and then the second being training. The program capitalizes on this by pairing each apprentice with a mentor who's a shareholder SME from the practice group that that mentee is able to shadow and learn from. For me, I was paired with Tanya Thompson, who is a shareholder in our Memphis office and is also one of the traditional labor law practice group co-chairs. And Tanya has been an incredible resource for me this past year, really helping me to structure my workload to maximize opportunities for my growth and my development as a traditional labor lawyer, on top of just being a, a great friend and mentor and kind of sounding board. Having her mentorship really has been invaluable. And then the second aspect of the program is the training component. Each apprentice is given dedicated training hours for experiential learning. And I think that these training hours component of the program really demonstrates Littler's commitment to investing in this growing army of traditional labor lawyers that, you know, we are developing in order to meet our clients' demands. 
the training hours allow us apprentices to have the time and the freedom necessary to really hone our skill sets and focus on you know becoming the SMEs in this area. We partner with our mentor or with other members of the practice group to perform or to observe substantive work that we might not otherwise be assigned due to time constraints or client expectations or financial considerations. So as an example, I started the program with very little experience when it comes to collective bargaining. And, you know, everyone has to start somewhere, but it can be difficult to gain that like initial foundational experience in an area that you're then able to build upon. But through the program, I had the opportunity to observe and then eventually to participate in several bargaining sessions and in drafting proposals and counterproposals and found that you you've really learned so much from seeing different styles and different approaches to negotiations and from just being exposed to different bargaining situations and circumstances. Wow. I may have to look into whether or not they accept shareholders. <laughs> Brittany, why don't you tell us about your experience with the program and, and who is your mentor? Like Ashton, I am fortunate that one of our three co-chairs of the traditional labor law practice group is Brooke Niedecken. Brooke is my mentor in the traditional labor law apprentice program, which I have loved being part of. There are about 10 of us in the program, and we meet as a group, as Ashton touched on, and talk about developments in the law and different areas of the practice that we may not have focused on personally before, but that we as traditional labor lawyers seeking to become subject matter experts want to develop expertise on. With Brooke in this program, it has just been nothing short of amazing. I have had the opportunity to receive one-on-one feedback on more than just my work product, on things like my style, my strategy, how I navigate difficult situations, and how I can do better in the future. Partnering with Brooke, I have plans to develop my skill sets in certain areas. We are definitely going to continue to review them together throughout the year. And I am so excited to be a part of this incredible program. I feel I have all the tools that I need, and it's now a matter of figuring out what I would still like to develop my expertise on, and partnering with Brooke, I am confident that will happen. Cameron, why don't you tell us about your mentor, who just happens to be one of my favorite attorneys (laughs) at Littler? Hey, Margaret, I'd be happy to. My mentor in our apprenticeship program is Kat Siegel, a rock star shareholder based in our Chicago office. Kat is extremely active in the practice group and has a national presence in the labor law space. So I've really been just enamored with her and really been excited at the opportunity to shadow her on a variety of different things that she's done. And she's done a great job of pulling me into the labor space. In that vein, Kat has invited me to work for a number of national clients, which has in turn afforded me some really unique experiences that I would not have otherwise had. For example, I recently had the opportunity to train both professional athletes and coaching staff on a host of legal topics at the team's practice facility. The apprenticeship has just been phenomenal in that it has allowed me to expand my practice to become a national practice in a relatively short amount of time. That's awesome. 
You know, when I first started practicing, a traditional labor practice often meant months of travel to facilities where union campaigns or collective bargaining was occurring. Ashton, is that still the case? You're right, Margaret, that so much of labor work can involve travel, whether it be on-site elections, in-person hearings, or bargaining sessions that just require some face-to-face negotiation time. However, as the world has come to embrace and to utilize remote technologies, it's been my experience that more and more of the work of traditional labor law can and often is done remotely or virtually. Trainings that used to be in person, you know, at a client's warehouse can now be done through Zoom and often can reach a a wider audience by doing so. Initial witness interviews can take place by phone or by video conference. We had a record number of mail ballot elections over the past couple years, as opposed to, you know, in-person on-site elections. And there's also been an increasing trend towards virtual bargaining. Uh, And I will say, at least for me personally, as a mom to a one-year-old, this trend has really allowed me to continue to specialize in traditional labor law without forcing me to compromise time with my family. And that has been crucial. Yes, there's travel and there are nights away, but I've been able to find opportunities to continue practicing in this field that I love without missing too many daycare pickups. I don't know if that would have been the case five or even 10 years ago. As an example, last summer, I was just a few weeks back from returning to work following the birth of my son and was, you know, eager and gung-ho to, you know, jump back into work and practice as I had before, but also had the reality of a five-month-old at home. Fortunately, I was actually, you know, a couple weeks out able to second chair an unfair labor practice hearing. The hearing was virtual and all of the prep was able to be done remotely. And I just so appreciated that my OMS, Josh Waxman, and the shareholders on the matter, Stefan Markulowitz and Brendan Fitzgerald, they recognized that this would be a good opportunity for me and supported me in doing so, while also being understanding of my needs as a new mom. So yes, there is always work that has to be done on site. There is some travel but, you know, at least for me, I've, I've seen that there are opportunities to do a lot of this virtually or remotely. And that has been great for me and kind of as I balance the work and mom life. That's great. In this traditionally male-dominated era of law, how has being a woman shaped each of your approaches with your clients and, and for your practice? Cameron, let's start with you. Well, Margaret, as you know, the practice of law has certainly evolved, but it's traditionally been a really male-dominated profession overall. I can't count the number of times I've been mistaken for a court reporter or a paralegal before taking my seat at the table. In this instance, I would say that being a woman in the labor space, though, has actually served me really well. It's offered me uh, a unique perspective in rooms that women may not have traditionally been welcomed or acknowledged, and I truly feel that my voice and my work are valued, and I'm reminded of that often. I'd also say that I feel more deeply connected to my clients, and it feels as though they're more apt to share themselves on a personal level, which then enables me to build deeper bonds based on shared experiences and mutual interests. That's awesome. Brittany, what has been your experience? 
Like Cameron, I too have been mistaken for a court reporter, as many of us have. But you know what? At the end of the day, I treat being a woman as a strength and I run with it. I consider it an advantage in this space, actually, because it is still a developing area where most of our colleagues and adversaries are males. And we, as women, have different perspectives and see cases differently, and we're able to bring that to our teams. When I'm the only woman in the room, my voice is recognized. I, I love that. And I have, like Ashton, an amazing team of male shareholders, and I absolutely must name drop them, Adam Tuzo, Jeff Hiller, and Dave Cadella, all of whom treat me as an equal and value my contributions to our case strategies. That's great to hear. Ashton, how has the leadership at Littler influenced your labor practice? It's been incredibly influential. As you mentioned earlier, and as we've all mentioned, you know, two of the three co-chairs of our practice group, of the traditional labor law practice group, are women, Tanya and Brooke. And it's not just that, you know, throughout the firm, we have women in leadership positions all the way up to the top, Erin um, Weber as Littler's managing director. All of that, you know, that's very empowering. And then again, I would say for me personally, it's also been so helpful to see that a lot of these women um, and these women in leadership roles are also moms. You know, I was anxious about what my career would look like and how I would navigate the demands of work and life after my son were born. But I've definitely benefited tremendously from having these examples of female attorneys excelling in their practice while also, you know, juggling kids in home life. Thank you. Cameron, how about you? I would say that a number of the attorneys in the practice group have advocated for me and provided me with meaningful opportunities to grow as a labor law practitioner. When I learned that the firm was creating a labor apprenticeship program, I was immediately interested and applied. Being selected for the apprenticeship has provided me with substantive opportunities to expand my subject matter expertise and enabled me to continue developing a deep level of substantive labor law knowledge that I absolutely did not have before the program. I've trained employees of Fortune 500 companies on positive employee relations and aided clients in addressing their unique labor issues in a collaborative way. And knowing that leadership supported me in this journey has made the transition that much more meaningful for me. That's great. Finally, Brittany, how about you? Seeing women in leadership is not something we're limited to for one month of the year here. We hear directly from our firm president and managing director, Aaron Weber, on a routine basis. And last year, when I had a hearing in Denver for several weeks, I asked Aaron if she would be willing to meet for dinner. And she was. He said yes. Women in leadership at Littler are real people, and I'm exactly where I want to be. That's great, Brittany. As I mentioned at the top of the podcast, there were very few women traditional labor lawyers when I started practicing. But the three of you have benefited from the fact that at Littler, women traditional labor lawyers are the norm. In an effort to keep inspiring that next generation of women labor lawyers, tell us what you love most about being a labor attorney. Cameron? Margaret, I'd say the practice group. As others have sort of name dropped here in the podcast, I have to give a shout out to Brenda Fitzgerald and Eric Holt. 
Both have repeatedly asked me to identify my interests and ensured that I had opportunities to explore those interests. I've worked with some really great people who have taken a genuine interest in my development. Several attorneys in the practice group have been instrumental in my integration into the practice group and just ensuring that I have opportunities that are suited to my interests and desired development. Additionally, I'd say that the practice chairs, I mean, they're phenomenal examples of women who have excelled in traditional labor. Identifying women who are ahead of me on this path has demonstrated the level of success that is attainable for me here at Littler. And outside of the firm, I've met some really amazing clients who have encouraged me to continue to grow in this space and created unique opportunities for me to do that. That's great to hear. Ashton, how about you? I would say I'm, I might cheat and offer two. You know, the first one, I think I, I have to echo a lot of what Cameron said. You know, it's the people that I get to work with. You know, these hardworking, intelligent, committed labor law nerds that are passionate about what they do. You know, those in the practice group really make the work fun and fulfilling. But it's not just the people. You know, I, I really do enjoy the the substantive work itself. And I I appreciate that although traditional labor law is a, it's considered a specialty, I appreciate that within that specialty, there are a lot of different ways to practice and the field is fast paced and diverse. In addition to not just, you know, providing clients with practical day-to-day legal business advice and counsel, you know, labor lawyers get to litigate and not only do we get to litigate, but we do so in this wild, wild west-like environment um, of practicing before the NLRB. And things are never clear-cut, and it often involves little to no discovery, little to no time. And because of that, you're doing a lot of thinking on your feet. And while it's hectic and maddening at times, I think it keeps things interesting and fun. Brittany, can you bring us home with your favorite thing about traditional labor law? Sure thing. And if we weren't limited in length of this podcast, I may have well more than two answers as Ashton had. I love practicing labor law and I love being a woman labor lawyer. We have an amazing practice group here and echoing Cameron, amazing shareholders, Eric and Brendan among my favorites. I love getting to know folks in different areas of the country here. No matter where we're litigating a case, someone has had a case with that particular region of the NLRB before, and we can share this intel with one another so quickly. It is simply amazing how willing everybody in our practice group is to help one another and to make sure that we are putting our absolute best foot forward in every effort that we make for our clients. I... Speaking of clients, love getting to know them. I've found that labor law allows me to get to know clients in a way that I never did before when practicing employment law. I have an understanding of not only how things work and are supposed to work in their workplace, but also I hear them needing a listening ear when there is workplace conflict and they want nothing more to be the manager that is approachable and can reach a resolution for whatever the workplace situation is. There are not many areas of the law that I know of that change like a pendulum with every presidential administration with quirks along the way here and there as well. So it's the intellectual stimulation for me 
and also just the amazing group of people that we work with. Anybody could have a group of labor lawyers, but not everybody can have the littler labor lawyers who operate as a team to get their client the results that they want. Ladies, it has been amazing hearing all of your stories. I thank you for sharing your stories with us and for helping us celebrate Women's History Month. 